0: Welcome back to the Waybox podcast. I'm Tally Rye and this is Ben. Hello. Hi. Today we are turning the show on its head a little bit mm. um, because we don't have a guest.
1: No one. It's just silence for about <laughs> the next 45 minutes.
0: Well, we kind of do. Well, we have a guest. The guest is Ben.
1: I know. How strange is that?
0: The time has come for us to lift the lid on Waybox and discuss. How, Ben, who's the CEO, is that right?
1: Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a small Co-CEO. team, but yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's the CEO of the company and his fellow business partners have navigated the startup world and the fitness industry. I think this is going to be mega interesting, especially if you're looking to enter the fitness industry, the wellness industry, in whatever capacity that may be, uh, because this has all happened in the last couple of years. This is really current information. So if you're interested in growing a business in the health and fitness space, I think this could be a really interesting podcast for you. So Ben, let's just kick it off. Let's go. We have discussed briefly your personal background before, but I think like we always do in every single episode. Let's go back to the beginning. What was your background? You went to uni. Did you know you were going to work in health and fitness?
1: No, no, completely fallen into this. Mm. I did English literature at uni. Had no idea what I wanted to do when I was at uni. And I think it got to maybe like February of final year. And my mum was like, have you applied for any jobs? And I was like, yeah, loads, loads. Of course, like absolutely (laughs) not. So applied for literally the... first job that I have found, which was uh, a retail management graduate scheme for Aldi, the uh, discount
0: retailer. Uh, Other
1: retailers are available. Other retailers are available, yeah. (laughs) So I started that and really, really hated it. It was very, very corporate. Um, It's quite a high pressure environment, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I didn't really enjoy it. So I quickly realized that wasn't for me. What that did teach me that experience was that I wanted to work for myself. So uh, after I left Aldi, I started a little sort of boutique branding agency. Uh, I was working with local companies in East Yorkshire because uh, I was working in obviously between uh, Hull and York with Aldi, which is why I was based there. Uh, so I was is doing that. that-
0: where were you originally from?
1: No, no. So I'm from Leeds originally. Okay. Or Leeds area anyway. Mm. So yeah, I was working in East Yorkshire, decided to stay there set this little branding agency up and was working with local companies for sort of three or four years.
0: So the branding stuff and that kind of side of stuff, was that coming up with logos and marketing and what uh, what does that entail?
1: It was kind of like full service agency work. So yeah, it was everything from design, websites, uh, direct mail. So can you build websites? I personally can't, but I I had a a guy that I worked with who was like more of the the brains behind it. I was more of the uh, front end creative stuff and he was all the coding and the techie stuff. So... Uh, kind of our skill sets complemented each other. We're
0: very similar in that respect. (laughs) (laughs) Creative brains. Yeah,
1: just basically just have diligence whatsoever just a bit <laughs> of a nightmare <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I was doing for about four years and, and that was that was quite fun really it's similar to kind of personal training I think we touched on this in one of the episodes mm. before I just had to go out there and get some work uh, and it's just of, make it happen yeah you just kind of made it make it happen and it built from there and, and obviously you pick up a few skills along the way and one of the good things of doing something like that is you, you learn quite a lot about other businesses quite quickly yeah. so I spent four years basically talking to hundreds and hundreds of companies trying to get to know how they do things and what they want and, and obviously you pick a few things Upon the way. So, and actually, during that time, was how I met the uh, co founders of Waybox Now
0: oh so you were their branding agency
1: so i did a little bit of work with them so the other three guys jack sam and will they're all brothers yeah and they have a uh, boutique gym in east yorkshire called latest training the because thre- they're
0: the latest brothers they are the
1: latest brothers mm-hmm. yeah and and they're all, all three of them have got like an insane health and fitness background like jack and sam were uh, rugby players professional rugby league players will was a uh, captain in the royal marines so obviously like super fit guys Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just uh, sort of set this gym up on the side went to train with them on like a group training session thing so we did like Mm -hmm. I think six sessions a week for four weeks it was like brutal which was the kind of my first introduction to them and then Sam and I ended up going out for a few beers as you do a few weeks later and it was kind of like a little bromance formed from there really.
0: So that's how you kind of all met you all just became mates first?
1: Yeah literally I just started training with them simple as that
0: Nice, and so where did the Waybox idea come from? Because obviously the boys have their gym already, so they already have a business.
1: Yeah, so they had the gym, and uh, like most gyms, they were selling supplements out of the gym, but like your standard, like you know, optimum nutrition, they were just getting it from wholesalers, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, At times, I think people just didn't want to buy it. They they were struggling, they thought this is strange because obviously we're in a gym environment and people just weren't interested in buying these huge tubs of protein. Mm. And uh, they asked me to help with it, which is how I sort of started the business relationship with them. They were like, well, can you do anything with the branding? Can we turn this into a shop? Blah, 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 because they were white labeling some supplements as well. And we all came to the realization quite quickly that that element of the supplement industry as such was, was fading, uh, obviously sales yeah. and things like your maxi and, um, you know, Optum, and probably not necessarily declining, I, I wouldn't have said, but, you know, people, were looking, looking, people, people, it, yeah, people were looking for other things. And at the time, we'd started to travel around a lot more. So we were quite literally scooping protein out of tubs into blank sachets that we were buying on Amazon, sealing them and then taking them away with us. And, of course, that's when you have that little mini light bulb moment. Yeah. Protein sachets isn't necessarily a new concept. People have always done it, but it's always been a sampling mentality. Mm. It's never been a this is our core product mentality. Mm. And one of the other things, having, you know, all of us having played rugby to a reasonable standard and, you know, being involved in the health fitness industry for, you know, in a consumer capacity for a while is that we were sick of having like, Pre-workouts the same flavor and as well. capsules yeah. thrown down our throats. And like, yeah, the same flavors and big tubs. And we were just like, there has to be kind of a more convenient way to do this. <laughs> and, so uh, was there
0: like a light bulb moment? Was there like a ting? Yeah, I think
1: it we're was... We're going to call this Waybox. Uh, I don't think there was a ting. We're going to call it Waybox. But Sam, um, I'm going to plug him and let, you know boost him up a little bit here. <laughs> he was the one that was definitely like, this could be a subscription-y type business. I and, was going to say,
0: because... Who was the first person to get the full idea? Because so, it's so, four of you, so you yeah. could just take the credit here. I could, you could yeah, just, I've this got, this got the microphone. So this
1: is yeah. Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> no, so I think Sam was definitely the one with kind of like the the ping moment. Like mm. this this could be kind of a subscription thing. And I had loads of time on my hands because I was just kind of like freelancing and still doing the branding stuff. Mm. The boys were really busy with the gym, etc. Uh, and I think for me, it happened. Um, I was actually walking down a beach. I was on holiday in Florida, mm. and I just thought like. We've got to get this moving. This is something we can do. When your head's clear, lots of ideas start to come to you. So I think I got home from that holiday and sat down and said, right, let's get this moving. We've got things, you know, I've got some ideas that we can put in place. Let's see where we can go with it. So we started to come up with the brand concept at the time we were like, well gray 's box have done well, you know, if, yeah. we, if we can emulate the market. yeah if we to emulate what they 've done, um, then then we 'll be okay so yeah we that 's how the concept of whey box came about really mm. there 's nothing too original in that, and we didn 't know a great deal about vegan protein at the time we 'd always been whey protein consumers, so mm. that 's why we started with that, and we were lucky that we 'd already been working with a company who produced the protein. So we had a good idea of what flavours we wanted. Obviously, we spent a bit of time working on new flavours. We must have tried 50 different flavours of protein. Oh, really?
0: What are some that didn't make the cut?
1: So we tried really hard with peanut. People always want peanut.
0: Peanut butter is is, life, that's why. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. And it's it's a really hard flavour to to nail because... uh, peanut flavouring itself is really it's, strong. Yeah. It, it kind of kills everything. So if you're trying to do like a chocolate peanut butter or whatever other kind of combination, just the peanut always comes through really, really, really strong. Mm. And uh, obviously the you know, four of us, we've all used a lot of protein. We kind of generally accepted that if we like it, some other people will yeah. as well because we've used a lot of protein and a yeah, lot yeah. of really horrible tasting protein, which is why we ended up settling on the 10 flavours that we launched with.
0: So let's backtrack a little bit. How did you get that off the ground? Like in terms of investment and like literally, right, we're registering this as a company yeah. and, you know, we're all in, we're all yeah. invested in this, yeah. we're all shareholders or whatever. Yeah. Right, this is now a company where, a limited company, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, we're trading.
1: Yeah, so, so honestly, some of that is, as easy as that sounds, and like and honestly, as easy as it is. Now, it's like, the most boring. Know. As it, the
0: creative people, we know it's the most boring, I mean, hardest part. It's also part.
1: sometimes it's when you're just starting out like that, you literally have no idea. It's kind of like how to business one hundred one, like yeah. no, like you just literally Google where do you register a company, like all that sort of thing. But yeah, it was um, fairly swift process. Register the company, start working on design concepts and that's mm. just a case of you know reaching out to graphic designers
0: and at this point was it all like I hope you don't mind masking no, like, no. was it all your
1: guys own money yeah yeah so we pumped all, of all pretty much all our own personal savings into it mm. it was self-funded because we just you know the definition of a passion project we yeah we really believed in the business we believed that there was a more convenient way to use protein and uh, one of the other key things as well, which I should mention, is that obviously we're so used to those brands like BHD mm. and Optimum, et cetera, and Maxi, which are all very good brands in their own right, but they're incredibly masculine. It's quite scientific and can be quite intimidating. I
0: think it can be a bit bro. From a female perspective, yeah. it's all a bit. I mean, when I first started taking whey protein, I was terrified yeah. I was going to get bulky. Yeah. And- because I, to me, protein was synonymous with bulky yeah, yeah, muscles yeah. with bodybuilders and at the time that terrified me yeah. and actually the first ever protein i bought was an unflavored like natural way yeah that was just really good quality and it wasn't any of those big brands because they scared me because mm. the, the market i get who they're marketing to yeah but i as an average person was terrified yeah exactly And i only have like I wouldn't even have a whole serving. I'd have like a, t- a <laughs> tablespoon at a time because I was. I thought, oh, it's gonna bulk me up. Yeah,
1: and we st- <laughs> we, we still get asked now. Will this make me bulky, or, or should I use? this Well, let's to get just bigger, debunk that, sort of that myth thing.
0: really, really quickly. So, you wouldn't not eat chicken exactly. or eggs yeah. or another form of protein, whether it's vegan or. Yeah. Um, but would you for the fear of getting bulky? No. So whey is just another form of protein, and it's just another portion of protein. It's not essential, but it's an um, incredible option if you're on the go and you're busy. And for me, it's like, it tastes really damn good. So I love having
1: it. Yeah, I think you touched on a really uh, significant point there, which is uh, we were very cautious. You know, we didn't want to just fall into the trap of being another supplement company because Mm. there are enough out there pushing, you know, fairly
0: questionable Questionable messages and questionable
1: products on people. So... Whey protein is one of the most, if not the most, heavily researched products mm. in this industry. There's a wealth of information there about that. It's it's heavily, heavily proved to do all sorts of different things. Mm. Obviously, it has a complete amino acid profile, et cetera, et cetera. And we all you know, know that protein is an essential macronutrient. Your body needs it for muscle growth and repair, healthy skin, hair and nails, et cetera, et cetera. So- I think
0: people always separate protein and um, like protein they get from food. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like they're two separate entities, but they're not. Yeah. It's the same thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, it is a supplement. It's there mm. to supplement your lifestyle. So, of course, again, the questions we get asked, is this a meal replacement? We say, absolutely no. not. No, definitely not. Don't use this as a meal replacement. This is a supplement. It's there to be used when convenient, when you need it. So if you are a really busy person, you don't you always have time to make breakfast on the morning, or mm. you don't have always have time to have a snack, or if you are working out really hard, but you know, you're not going to be eating for a few hours afterwards, then it's great. It, that's the whole purpose of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was another reason why we didn't go down the big tub and pouch route. Um yeah. it was there, I'd be wrong to say if there was an element of like portion control we're not trying to restrict it there but we are trying to convey that message that it is about convenience it's not about reliance yes. so you know we could have easily gone down the route of a big 5 kilo tub to you know to make it more economic mm-hmm. for people but we won't we what I could probably hand on heart say now we will never bring a tub or a pouch out Really yeah
0: that's going to break a few hearts.
1: That's going to break
0: a few gingerbread <laughs> lovers' know, hearts. I know, yeah.
1: I mean... <laughs> <so> Mine. We, <laughs> my heart. Well, we have pouches that we use for events, so some lucky people, if they email me enough, <laughs> maybe be able Make to get Make you a good offer you, you can't yeah, review. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, bringing it back. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: When you were in that initial setup yeah. stage, did you feel like you hit any obstacles? Was there anything that you thought, bearing in mind you both set up businesses before, yeah, all yeah. of you guys? Yeah, yeah. But was there anything new that you felt like, oh, that? We didn't expect that. That didn't get a
1: plan. Yeah, you're basically learning a new industry. It yeah. sounds so easy. Get protein, put it in packaging, sell it to people, but mm. it's not. I mean, you're effectively entering the world of food manufacturing, so you've got to start dealing with supply chains, food regulations, accreditations, packaging, mm. compliance with labeling, all these different things which we literally had no idea about. And right at the start, we, we hit a lot a stumbling box. Like literally this business very nearly didn't happen. Like there was a point where Sam and I sat outside um, their gym at one point, we're like, we might have to pull the plug on this. like, And before we'd even got the product to market. Oh really? Because what had happened is we'd gone to a packaging supplier who I think they basically saw. Uh, kind of saw you coming yeah they they saw just a kind of a bit of a one-hit wonder out of it I think they thought we weren't really going to do anything so I think they tried to maximize their margins and the Look first at you now. the first back the sachets <laughs> we got were horrible I mean so the way they do it they have like layers within the packaging which mm-hmm. protects things like flavor and shelf life etc and this company just used you know basically it was almost like paper mache or something so the the coloring really low quality yeah stuff. the coloring was beige that it was all over the place the Printing was misaligned and we had to pretty much self-fund a whole new batch, which basically... So how
0: much did you order for your first order?
1: Oh, it must have been about 2,000 sachets per Wow. Day. So it wasn't like, I mean, in terms of like the volume that we do now, it's not, it's not a lot. But I yeah. mean that was...
0: That's it, when you're starting out it was like, and you're putting all your eggs in this it basket. It was basically
1: everything we had saved for marketing went on having to redo the sachets. Okay. So we effectively launched the business with not shy of zero in the bank account and 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 obviously that's not an ideal way mm. to start. So I mean that was the first stumbling block was well why has this happened? What can we do to prevent this happening again? Uh, we spent a bit of money on on a couple of things at the start, you know PR and things like that which didn't really work. I was sort of probably a bit
0: Yeah, you got um, a bit stung. Yeah, we were PR bit, we, were a, we were a bit pr- we were
1: a bit premature really more than anything. We probably jumped into that. I thought it was maybe our kind of uh saviour in some, mm-hmm. some way, shape or form, thought that was going to be the answer to all our prayers and that would launch the business, but didn't turn out to be. So, so yeah, from a, our individual startup point of view, it nearly crashed and burned before we even got it off the, off the ground.
0: And then... And, I we, met and then you. we met you <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And then Tally came along <laughs> Which is probably not far from the truth really
0: So I remember having a meeting with Jack And he did tell me the PR story Yeah. And at the time I just kind of met you guys Because I tried the product and genuinely loved it yeah. And we were just having a, a kind of a casual meeting I think they wanted to give me some more product mm. And I just kind of started chatting And uh, this kind of I don't know, it's like relationship form didn't it Yeah And I suppose that's... Was that the beginning of... I mean, had you worked with other people in social media before?
1: No, but I think... So what we had done is we obviously started this business with basically no budget Mm. for marketing or anything. And just from the few things that I'd picked up along the way in that kind of industry, I, I knew that kind of this influencer... Uh, social, in, media it, yeah, social media marketing mm. environment was picking up speed and uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts by Gary V. if anyone's trying to get a business off the ground he's I mean, your man it, isn't it? he is your man it's, it's some of it's quite aggressive and you feel like you've been shouted at and told off mm. but if you can stomach it some of his keynotes are unbelievable he literally gives you a playbook of how to launch a business and how to do it in kind of a digital online environment so Gary V. V double E. And really, since I met really you,
0: I've started listening yeah, to a lot really more worth. stuff that's
1: being face. I mean it's very it's a blend of motivational mm. speaking, but some really sound business advice. And at the time he was just, you know, he'd practically go through on stage with this with his audience and say, All you need to do is go on Instagram and direct message a hundred people, do it every week. 60 will say no, 20 won't reply, but the 20 that do reply, send them some product, try and build a relationship. And it's literally, it's, mm. it's kind of as simple as that. And so, so that's how we gained some traction early on. And obviously, how we uh, met you and, mm-hmm. and why the relationship has sort of uh, developed from there. And uh, yeah,
0: you'd been launched like six weeks at that point.
1: Yeah, barely any time yeah. At all. Yeah. Baby. Um, yeah, literally, baby business. And that's how we picked up speed initially.
0: How has social media played a massive role in the brand of Waybox, has it played a massive role?
1: Yeah, enormous. We've, we've barely done any form of marketing outside of social media, uh, and we've not really done a huge amount of paid advertising, so obviously mm. Facebook is this enormous advertising platform. But yeah. We've not really done a huge amount on there, to be honest, either. We've basically utilised Instagram and the organic power of Instagram, mm. uh, and utilised the relationships with people like yourself, though. obviously mm-hmm. you've got you know a massive audience, and a very engaged audience, and we've kind of, our messages are Line in many ways, so that's so that's that's why it's worked. So for us, yeah, social media enormous. I think for any business, whether it's direct consumer or a business to business, it's always going to play a role because you have such massive organic reach. And if you are able to put some budget behind it, then it has really, really powerful uh, potential, and and you can really get some strong results from it. Like I mean, some of the businesses in in our industry, the the big, big players, Mm. they're spending. 40, 50, 60,000 pounds a month yeah. on Facebook advertising alone. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a few that I know of. I'm sure it goes up into the hundreds of thousands wow. in some cases as well. So,
0: Where would you recommend people spending their money in terms of advertising on Facebook? Is it pushing promoted posts? So is I, it paying influencers? Is it creating content? I mean, I suppose this podcast is is yeah, yeah, part yeah, of it, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's, there's a blend of everything. If you are starting a business, um, try everything first, you know, at a low level um, obviously, start with Instagram. You don't necessarily need to spend money on Instagram. I think reaching out to, to influencers mm. that who, who who you align with is the first way to go about it. Facebook, if you can afford a bit of budget, then then yeah, put some into that. Uh, whether it's just simply boosting your posts or specific mm. promotions, again, research at first is a great tool. Facebook Blueprint, where it takes you through all the different mechanics of how to use it, because otherwise, it can be a bit of a minefield. And then yeah, content creation. You know, I think yeah. this is a, I'm stealing it from Gary here, like. Creative is the variable. If you create good content, it will eventually reach people. If it's good content, people want to see more of it. So you're always going to sort of build an audience and keep it engaged with that. And it's one of the reasons we started this podcast as well. Again, I didn't want to be just another kind of wanky protein brand pushing product down people's throats. You know, there's there's more to it than that. There is a higher purpose. There's more of a message. And uh, video content is great, but it's tough to consume sometimes. Images, you know. We
0: said in the in the early podcast, didn't we, like this brand is all about convenience yeah. and there's nothing more convenient than sticking exactly, a podcast exactly, on and yeah, going to work or getting in the car. Or Yeah, I'd
1: lo- in fact, um, I'd love to know what people are doing while they're listening to this podcast. Okay,
0: so right now, <laughs> you're going to stop, you're going to press pause in one second, and you're going to leave a comment on the latest Waybox post and tell us what you're doing whilst listening to this
1: podcast. <laughs> Keep it sensible, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Your mind went there, mine didn't. I was thinking very... <laughs> I'm being very innocent there. Okay, so you did actually start out as subscription boxes, like you said, and like basically people sign up online, gets delivered to their house, and they can choose the flavors they want and all that kind of stuff. But now you're getting stocked in retail places, aren't you? So this year you've launched in Tesco's, ASDA, Boots, and Holland and Barrett. Anywhere else? Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah,
1: yeah. uh, We started.
0: Was that the plan?
1: No, not all. The, pla- the, the plan, <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't no, think that was a bit left field, wasn't it? L- yeah, literally, uh, we, decided, we thought we were going to stay online for the entire time. We were like, let's build this amazing subscription business. And we're we'll if you get 10,000 subscribers paying X amount, and yeah. you know your business is worth this. And all that sort of thing. And just, you know, that nonsense. About it, it, it never works out that mm. way. So, yeah, there is a subscription element to the business still. People buy a lot more one-off boxes than they do subscribe. Obviously, it's lower commitment. I mean, you cancel anytime anyway. It's not that like we lock people in. But yeah, quite quickly, we were approached by a number of retailers, which is uh, largely, I think, down to the format and the branding.
0: And the fact that it's a really good product.
1: Yeah, I mean, it tastes great. That is that is an important thing. And mm. whilst it's very subjective, you know, 99% of the feedback we get is hugely positive.
0: Oh, delicious. And,
1: and even on the vegan protein, which we just launched, it's, you know, ninety. percent eight percent positive (laughs) yeah
0: it's like you said your marketing slogan is it's not the worst vegan protein you've ever
1: tasted yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: and it's true it isn't it is definitely very palatable and so how have you found that experience going into retailers like because that wasn't part of the original plan has that Mm. tested the business has that been a challenge
1: massively i think that's it's been the making of the business without a doubt because it changes the whole scope of what you're doing, the brand visibility is just enormous. Because of the number of retail points we're in across those customers, and we have other retail uh, launches planned for the next few months mm-hmm. as well, it kind of turns into a real business. Then, yeah, um, this
0: wasn't your little. This is. I this mean, this is like the boys have yeah. got their gym, and this is like was their side hustle, and you're like, right, oh, <laughs> this is our fully fledged yeah, yeah.
1: thing um, now. Exactly, and it really does turn it into kind of real business because you're dealing with like big big businesses now Mm. so you can't deliver late you can't you know
0: yeah you have to be on it
1: you you can't play by your rules you have to largely
0: Mm.
1: work to how those retailers want things done and um yeah it's all happened quite quickly which has been good i mean so we launched the business in september 2016 so kind of just over 18 months old um, That's crazy. Yeah. So in 18
0: months you went from nearly folding because someone <laughs> printed your stuff on yeah, crap yeah. packaging yeah. <laughs> to now being stocked in like some yeah, huge yeah, retailers. Yeah. And through that time you did gain investment, didn't you?
1: So we were first approached by Holland and & Barrett and you know that was really the kind of catalyst for everything taking off so I kind of got great deal of gratitude towards the team that we worked with there to get the product on shelf but yeah when it gets to that point when someone's asking you for a big big order for stock that you don't have yeah and
0: um, you're like yeah yeah you're right. all kind
1: of tapped out as as you know still, couple, still a couple early of years ago we were, you know we were all you know like I was probably 27 28 then or something like that and you know um yeah you kind of tapped your own personal savings out and all that sort of thing no one will give you a loan so yeah we had to go and uh, get some investment which in itself was quite an interesting process how
0: did you even go about
1: that? Um, I mean, there's, I there's so, so many different routes. Again, if you know, if people, depending on what stage in people's business journeys they're on, there are so many different options. Yeah, there's like
0: crowdfunding. There's, there's crowdfunding, and
1: there's... which is a very, very popular route, particularly for, for food and beverage businesses. You can go to the bank for a loan. You can there's a startup loan through available through the government, mm. um, uh, there's, and there's corporate finance houses. There's there's a lot of different places, but I think the first place people should Generally, try and start is kind of friends and family. If you've got proof of concept. And you're willing to give away a little bit of equity to people mm. that are sort of close to you, um, then it's then it's always to get worth, private investment. Yeah, it's always worth to kind of go for a smaller round first with with people you know. I would say personally, mm. which was sort of what we did. In that we have a, there's, a, there's a tenuous link to our investor. Can't say too much about him. Yeah, He's yeah, a, of
0: course, He who anonymous. shall not be
1: named. But um, yeah, we went through a corporate finance house, which eventually introduced us to someone. And it's literally like little dragon's den pitches. Yeah. you kind of like stood up in front of people. You know, some ask questions questions, some don't, some nod, some grimace, and you're a bit like, what are we doing here? So there is a real life
0: dragons there. <laughs> it, it
1: kind of is, yeah, yeah. In that in that respect, it is. But now we, we were looking, again, got simple products, an attractive brand, we've got a bit of proven track record, mm. we, we had this uh, order on the table from Holland and Barrett, so so it all clicked into place quite quickly, mm. and sort of from then, that's when things started to, to snowball a little bit more anyway.
0: And things are continually expanding. Like we said, there's the new vegan range, which is online. Is that in stores? As- yeah.
1: uh, no, it- not yet. No. So we just literally that's, we launched that five days ago. So okay. we launched with the Waybox. And, and now there's no Waybox. The no Waybox. Yeah, which again, we, we had no, it's tough because we launched with Waybox and we were like, how the hell are we going to bring a vegan product out when we just Pigeonholed ourselves as mm. a dairy based product.
0: Um, and uh, like, I think we can all acknowledge that vegan and plant based is a huge trend. Oh, at the it's moment. hugely
1: important. Yeah. You you, you really, sh- it's a must have. In most food industries now, everyone has to try and have some form of free from option. Yeah. Not necessarily because people are dairy free. In fact, far from it. I can't remember the statistic, but there's a very, very low percentage of people that actually are. But understandably, it does you know, play with people's tummies in some mm. respect or people just want, you know, slightly... I it's love Ethical options, reasons. Me. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, the options, like, I genuinely... Just like the texture of vegan protein. Some people mm. hate the texture, but in, in smoothies and things like that, I really like it. Yeah. And ours actually is really, really nice, just mixed with kind of, you, you know, your drinks, your you almond drink. You mixed it with
0: um, oat milk, didn't you? That's Yeah, so we, did, uh, I like that. we did
1: oat milk, the Oatly one, uh, and Rude Health. Rude Health have got a really, really, really good range of mm. drinks, yeah, which we've been mixing them a lot with. So uh, we've worked with Rude Health a little bit recently at the, the events we've done. Uh, probably going to work work with them quite a bit moving forward just because it pairs really well and their brands lovely as well. So let's
0: touch on that for a second. Obviously you've done a lot of social media marketing and that's been your primary stuff, but you have been hitting the fitness festivals this year, particularly in London, obviously that's where most of them are, but kind of supporting those events and being visible at those events. How important is that for a brand, do you think, um, in terms of marketing and just to raise awareness?
1: Yeah, again, really important. I think visibility is key brand awareness is key if you, people don't know about it then mm. then they're never going to buy it and that's that's kind of the fundamental aspect of it
0: I mean um, you did beef this year we and did, you guys sold out
1: we, yeah we did beef it and balanced yeah I mean again thankfully the product's really simple so everyone just wanted to buy a box there and then it was great. But the other good thing is you get to engage with a lot of people. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of people that haven't seen your brand that you can really talk to about it and find out what they use or what they do in their normal lives. And then of course there's a lot of people that have used the product and just want to come and talk to you which is great. And I mean how we, we got so many compliments on the podcast as well. I'd say, I'd say as many people came up to me and said, "Oh, the podcast is amazing." and asked about the product. So it was That's it was, really yeah.
0: cool. That's that's a compliment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And do you use those moments when you're at those fitness festivals like as a chance to get face-to-face customer feedback? Do you take people's opinions on board and potential like critiques on board and would does that <laughs> shape the way you move going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean it's always useful to get direct feedback face to face with someone there's nothing more raw than someone trying a product for the first time in front of you and yeah. like gauging their reaction and especially some people that have never really used protein they oh yeah look it's like, taste yeah they look like you're about to feed them poison there's fear on their face yeah. like the tiniest little sip and then they go oh that's actually quite nice yeah so uh, and then obviously there's the odd person that's like no protein's still not for me <laughs> which um, is totally cool yeah which is exactly it's fine but no it's, it's useful to get feedback from people again um, just while we're on this business theme. You, anyone um, starting a business in whatever shape or form it is, I, I do think going to events like that, and they don't have to be the big expos like that. Mm. But lots of small events you can get involved in in London in particular, but obviously all around the country. Like yourself, you do your little girl games events, don't we you? Do, like your, yeah. your ambassador events, yeah. where you know sort of 20, 30 girls in a room, which mm-hmm. is always really useful. People can you know and easily example, easily do things like that.
0: You guys have supported those events really well. Yeah. So thank you for that. All right. But even just that is a way of. I suppose in some ways that that's another form of influencer marketing and, to a degree. But do you think that's important as well? Particularly if you have like a product that people can, you know, a tangible product. Yeah. To get it out into people's hands and to get people trying it. So sending out samples to people.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of the, one of the best forms of currency is your own product. Mm. So if again, if that's down the lines of your business and you have a product to give away, obviously it's not too expensive. Try and give it away. Try and sample it. We had, <laughs> Jack in particular had a bit of a motive right at the beginning he was like, We've got to get our protein in people's mouths. So simple as that. Like that, that is our number one yeah. goal. Like so, you know, if we've got to give as much away as we possibly can in some respects because people have to try mm. it. Once they try it, they like it, they like the brand, etc. Then they become loyal customers, all those sorts of things. So yeah, if you can afford to give product away, sampling is definitely the way to go, especially at events, um, goodie bags, all that sort of thing. It all works.
0: Good to know. <laughs> so are there any key Mistakes that you and the boys have made that you've particularly learned from has has there been a particular learning curve for you that you can pinpoint at this time?
1: Hmm. Uh. You know, that's a hard one. I wouldn't say we've had anything where we've specifically thought that was a black and white mistake. Mm. You know, really stupid. I I think um the key thing for us is just ask loads of questions.
0: Who are you asking questions to? That's what I want
1: to know. So any companies that you want to work with, when you're starting out on your business journey, you're quite small. So there is a risk to certain larger companies that you're going to work with that Mm -hmm. they're never going to see you again. So in some ways, they will try and maximise what they can get from you early on. And uh, they will force your hand a little bit Mm. which is just kind of like a natural power game in in anything. When you're small and you've got no leverage, then it's very tough to sit down and say, we want this and we want that and this is the way we do things Um, because that bigger company will just go, okay, no worries, see you later. Mm. But still, don't be afraid to ask questions. I think we got ourselves into a few situations where we just went along with everything we were told and then when the results come out, you're a bit like, that's not what I wanted. Mm. They go, oh, well, you didn't say anything or we didn't put that in writing and and then you end up having to backtrack and it takes time and it's messy um, and time
0: is money and all, yeah, that, kind all of stuff. that sort
1: of thing yeah you know, in, the, in the in the life of a startup a day is a long time yeah you've got to try you know you've got to be patient but you've got to move quite quickly as well and that is one of the benefits of being a smaller business you can be quite agile you can change things quite quickly mm. but you don't constantly want to be going around in circles amending errors so I think yeah ask as many questions as possible irrespective of whether you're a one-man band, Soul Trader, or one-woman band. <laughs> um,
0: you mentioned um, yeah. um, Gary V. Yeah. Um, but is there any other kind of inspiration or mentors that you've kind of had along the way personally or the, the business has had that you... Um, kind of a tribute to your
1: success? Yeah, I mean, so the guys themselves in the gym that they, they do a lot of personal training, uh, a lot of the guys that they train, uh, a lot of the, the girls they train there are quite successful business people in East Yorkshire. So I know that they have, you know, Get a lot of good advice from them. Mm. Um, um, me personally, my mum was a really good sounding board for a lot of things. But then I also think it's useful to try and go and get an external mentor. Yeah. If you can find someone, and it doesn't have to be in the same industry as you, who mm. can just once every three or four months, you can go and sit and talk to her and tell them everything that's going on. They'll be able to just like debunk everything, pick a few bits out, and go, shouldn't do that. Do it that way, or I might be able to introduce you to so and so. So that's pretty useful, I, I would say. It's always a good idea to try and get a mentor on board.
0: And what is the future for Waybox? Do you know where you're heading?
1: Uh, not really, no. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> no idea. We just got of run it day by day. I think. Um,
0: There's no five year big grand business plan. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, we have a business plan.
0: But things crop up, such as the retail and bringing vegan protein to market. Do you think all of these have kind of evolved as the As the climate evolves, you evolve.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Firstly, you kind of run everything day by day you know, you've just mm. got to look at what you're doing in the next 24 hours and not worry too much about what you're doing in the next three to five years. But then it is always useful to have an end goal in sight mm-hmm. because it informs the decisions that you make. And that can be with anything. That can be business, personal life, whatever. Yeah, totally. It's just always useful to have that kind of like, well, roughly if I can be here in three to five years, i will be happy. And then mm. when you're on your day-to-day path, you can say, is this decision mapping towards that goal? I can relate that, to that. That's probably the easiest Absolutely. way to do it, yeah. yeah.
0: Finally, do you have any tips? Anything else, any pearls of wisdom you can leave us
1: with then? <laughs> I think from a business perspective, specifically if we're talking about the health and fitness industry, there is never a better time than now. If you want to get started, mm. just get going with it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, full two feet in. If you want to become a personal trainer or you want to start a business or whatever, there are plenty of hours in the day. So even if you are still working for someone else and you're getting up at 7, going to work, getting home at 5 or 6, you've still got two, three, four hours of decent time there to not be watching TV or generally messing around and to actually put you know effort into to what you do elsewhere and what your sort of higher purpose is. So I'd say, yeah, anyone that's looking to start a business, just get stuck in.
0: I totally concur. And I would also add to that, if you find that you are lying awake at night with a passion inside of you, that means that you can't sleep because you have this idea, go and do it. Yeah. Because I think... You know, we've both been like that and you just have to go for it. Mm. And if the worst happens and it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Oh, you exactly. learn from that experience yeah, exactly. and you move on. So many entrepreneurs over time, they've all, I mean, Donald Trump is a fantastic example. <laughs> I mean, he's president of the United States and he's gone bankrupt like four or five times yeah. he, or something like that. So, I mean, anything is possible, exactly. quite literally. And on that note, <laughs> we <laughs> will leave it there. Ben, that has been fascinating Um, and i hope you guys have enjoyed a slightly different topic today we are hoping to come back soon with some more interviews so please let us know which guests you want us to have on who you want us to delve a little bit deeper into and don't forget please leave us a rating on itunes leave us a little bit of feedback a little bit of comment i'm gonna go for five stars and uh, that was brilliant but you can say whatever you want really and we'll see you in the next one Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Bye.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Ben from Waybox. Thank you for listening. As Tally says, if you would like to leave us a review, please do so on iTunes. And if there's anyone who's liked us to, to interview, please let us know on Instagram at Waybox or at Tally uh, We also have a special discount code for you to say thank you for listening. Use the code podcast to get five pounds off a one-off box. That's any one-off box. And all you've got to do is hit the shop section on our website and use the code at the checkout. Thank you.